occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 30. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on this bright, sunny summer's day. Unless you're listening at night time, in which case, this <laughs> lovely night time. Or you're catching up in winter, in which case, winter. <laughs> what if people are listening from this? A hundred years from now. I hope they're not, because they will have a skewed view on what reality is like. What are you talking about today, Kate? I am talking about the Texas killing fields. Pretty self-explanatory, so... That was a request, right? Yeah, I was going to say that in my bit of the story, but you just go right on ahead. Okay, sorry. I'm talking about the Atlas Vampire. Wow. (laughs) What's that about? Well, you'll find out in about two minutes when I talk about it. Possibly. Hit the nail on the head there. All right. Anyways, you got anything else to say before we talk about this? No, I think we're good. I think you can just jump right in. Cool. Well, I'm going to say if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or you have the app, please give us a review. We have at the minute over 6,000 listens and 19 reviews across the world. So if you could help us out by dropping a review, even if you just say, this sucks. That would be great. Every single person with an Apple device has the Apple Podcasts app. It's purple. It says podcasts. Just go. It will really help us. And if you like it, then you can write, I think this is a good show, perhaps. Well, only if you really want to. You can write something more creative than that. But But even something as easy as that would be very nice. Okie dokie. So today I'm talking about a mysterious and unsolved crime. Thought you might like that. From 1932. Cool. The Atlas Vampire. My sources are strangeremains.com, listverse.com, gizmodo.com, wikipedia, and mysteriousuniverse.org. Although I wrote og in my notes. Dot og. Oggy, oggy, oggy. Do it. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Okay, so for this story, we're in Stockholm, Sweden, on the f- May the 4th, what? Star Wars Day. Yeah, although it was 1932, so Star Wars Day. Not quite. A woman named Minnie went to the local police because she hadn't heard from her friend Lily in four days. Like many of my other stories, I apologise that the names are quite similar. I didn't name these people. <laughs> What do you type in when you're looking for something to talk about? You're like Stories with confusing similar names. Yeah, you're like, oh, I might finally do a true crime. Liven it up a bit. Okay, how do I make sure all of their names are exactly the same? I know, right? I want to confuse you as much as possible. So Lily Lindstrom was a 32-year-old sex worker who lived in the same apartment complex as Minnie in the Atlas neighborhood. So live in the same apartment. I think Minnie lived right below Lily. Minnie Lily. An interesting piece of information for later is that both sides of the building were connected by a corridor that went through the shared laundry room. So, in theory, someone could come in and out the building without anybody seeing them. Okay. For a bit of spooky context. Right. Lily was often referred to as a call girl, since she was one of the only people in the area who owned a telephone. So she used to try and get clients rather than walking on the street like everybody else. Her business was good. And I presume because of the telephone, she had a decent amount of money, at least compared to other people in the neighborhood, if she was one of the only people in the area, you know. 
Minnie told the police that she and Lily always looked after each other, and it was unusual for them to not have seen each other for that long. When they arrived at the apartment, they found her to be super tidy and in order. However, when they got to the bedroom, they found Lily face down on her bed, and she'd been dead for two to three days. Oh my god. There was a used condom in the crime scene, and she was naked, with her clothes neatly folded on a chair nearby. So, because of that, it was likely that it was one of her clients, but Mm -hmm. that he had sex with her first. Right. And then he killed her, for whatever reason. And it was a weirdly clean crime scene. The police said that, like, she died from repeated blows to the head with a blunt object. But what's strange is that investigators realised that all of her blood was drained from her body. Ooh. Also, there was no blood splatter around her and no obvious puncture wounds, which is also a little bit spooky. Mm-hmm. What's also frustrating is that there was saliva found on her neck and body. And it's just kind of annoying because obviously if this happened now, you could easily find who it was yeah. from all of the Yeah, evidence. it's tough as well because if it's not on clothing, like it wouldn't be kept in... Because obviously cold case evidence is kept and then you can test it later on. Like, that's part of what happens. Well, in, I'll, in I'll my... get to that later. Yeah. But, yeah. but when it's on the body, you can't, like, keep her neck around, can you? I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> also, get this. There was a blood-stained gravy ladle found near her, which police suspected was used to drink her blood. What's a gravy ladle? A ladle that you use for gravy. Oh, so just a normal ladle. <laughs> nicknamed the gravy ladle. Well, you use ladles for gravy, do you not? And soup. And Okay, there rice was a pudding. multi-purpose ladle All with right. blood in it. I didn't know if it was like a specific thing, because a gravy boat is like gravy specific. If we had someone in charge of tech here, or an assistant, I would ask them to Google gravy ladle. But I kind of just presumed it was... Quick, nobody look that up. <laughs> multi-purpose ladle. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, not that it matters on the specifics. You should have researched, but whatever. The specifics of the ladle. I was busy researching Sweden and other things. Anyways, as I said, the apartment was super tidy and nothing was stolen. There was no ransacking. It was an incredibly discreet guy who did this. And because of this, people presumed it was obviously a vampire. And the media were having a great time with that. And they began investigating immediately, as they knew they had to find a a suspect. But because the crime was so well executed, there wasn't any evidence to go on. Which, as I said, is kind of annoying, considering there was so much DNA that there was at Mm. least two bodily fluids there, but they couldn't do anything with them. Yeah. Nobody had seen anyone go in or out of Lily's apartment, and there was no noises reported or any super obvious fingerprints. So was there, like, semen? Yeah, in the condom. There was a used condom. All right, okay. Forgot about that. Yeah, there was semen, saliva, there was blood, obviously we presume it's hers, but I mean, they couldn't test it, so you don't know. Yeah. And I think there was some hair found as well, like it was all... That's so annoying. It'd be an absolute dream if you found it now, because you could solve it so easily. It'd be so simple. Yeah, but didn't exist back then. Yeah, they didn't find any obvious fingerprints, I presume there probably were some on the ladle. And maybe on her, but they couldn't test it, so. And the last person to have seen Lily alive was Minnie, who'd seen her on April 30th, so four days before. Lily came to Minnie's apartment to ask to borrow a condom. And she then came back a little while later because the first condom broke, so she wanted a second condom. 
And also, Minnie was also a sex worker, so it was kind of common for them to... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it was common occurrence that she would come down, but maybe she was forgetful. Who knows? Just underprepared. <laughs> for her job, yeah. <laughs> Minnie knocked on Lily's apartment the next day to check on her, but there was no answer. And it was May the 1st, so Minnie just presumed that if she'd gone to Walpurgis night... Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, maybe Walpurgi. What is that? It's a traditional holiday in Northern Europe and Scandinavia. It's kind of like carnival atmosphere. Okay. So she kind of figured that she'd just gone there. Fair enough. And police began questioning as many of Lily's clients as they could, and they questioned nine in total. Obviously, all of them denied having any contact with her. <sighs> yeah. And there was nothing that incriminated any of them, so... It was hard as well because the neighbourhood that they were living in was famous for having a lot of sex workers and obviously, you know, a lot of murders and assaults near that area were quite common in 1932. So one more murder wasn't exactly crazy news. Yeah. So no one was desperate to solve it, even though it was really weird and mysterious, the whole blood ladle. Well, also, no one's going to be desperate to solve it because it's a sex worker and the police suck. Yeah. And from what I could gather as well, because of the Great Depression... Many of the Swedes relocated to Stockholm or were moving sort of around the country. So the city was just full of new and diverse groups of people as well as travellers. Mm -hmm. So pinpointing one subject might have been pretty hard because, you know, he might not have even lived there. He could have been passing through. He could have been new. Yeah, he could have moved away. He might not have been a regular client. Oh. Also, there was no murder weapon and police think it could have been a pipe or a similar heavy object that he brought with him. Right. And then took out again, because obviously it wasn't there. But what I think is interesting is like how he she went downstairs, obviously during or right before the encounter, mm -hmm. and she went downstairs twice to see Minnie, and he was okay with her doing that. He didn't try to stop her doing that. So he must have concealed the weapon really well, otherwise surely she would have been like, this guy has a pipe. Well, yeah, I mean, he might have had a bag or um, he might have gone out when she went out as well, you know? Yeah. It's just a bit interesting that, like, he was so good at acting normal up until that point. Well, it might have been something that wasn't a pipe, so it could have been, like, a police baton or something, and he was like, oh, this is my king. Be... A policewoman or something. Well, that could quite nicely fit into something I have to say later as well. Interesting. Here you are again. You always give such cool ideas. <laughs> yeah, so there was no evidence to make any arrests and the case was closed. Lily's final client was never found. But why did he do it? Was he in it for the blood? Did he like killing people? Why was he so clean? Do you got any ideas before we get into the next part? Well, I have a few. Could have been a police person. Straight up. Okay, so a few <laughs> theories online. First one is that the killer was a cop. Uh, my second idea is that it's Minnie. Oh, wait, let me just say this part first because that's a new and interesting idea. Oh, I hadn't okay. okay, so the idea behind the cop one, I presume you have the same idea, is because of how neat it was. The crime scene was clearly thought out very well. He went out of his way to make sure there was practically no evidence. 
And also it was really odd. Like it was a very bizarre crime. So if you were a policeman, you might have just went on like a wild goose chase, basically trying to solve it. So could have been a policeman, but in the same boat, it could have also just been a random guy or a serial killer who was really good at clearing up crime scenes because he does it often or has done it before. Yeah, it could have just been someone that knew, you know, like we kind of know what police procedure is now. I mean, obviously, like most of that is to do with media, I feel like, but still, you've kind of got some idea. So I imagine back then they had some idea and... Yeah, well, I mean, even if you just spoke to a policeman, surely they would tell you. Yeah, or, like, if, as you said, murder wasn't unheard of there, so if you know of someone that has been murdered or, like, died or whatever, I guess you would kind of know what the police were able to do. You would kind of know the boundaries that they had in terms of technology or whatever. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Another theory is that it could have obviously been a real vampire. There's evidence that he drank her blood, very good cleaning up, avoiding police custody. Some people think that he might have used a syringe to remove her blood and not actually drank from the ladle, but I'm not quite sure. Oh yeah, it could have been like a doctor or something that would explain the organisation. Yeah. Another idea is that I thought of is maybe it's someone who is really into blood maybe for like ritual purposes or something because just because all the blood was gone doesn't mean like he drank it he could have taken it with him yeah you never know like if he brought some kind of you know just boxed it up like a takeaway and brought it out with him boxed it up like a takeaway jesus that's one way of putting it like a takeaway you know what i mean i'm never gonna eat chinese the same again yeah, I suppose it could have been that. Although most of the time, the blood isn't what's ritualistic. It's the killing. I know, but it's just an idea. Yeah. Go on, what do you think, Minnie? I think, yeah, it could have been Minnie. Because who would have a supply of used condoms? She could have planted it there. It could have not been a man to absolutely throw the police. She could have been having an argument, you know, because the only person that saw... Lily coming to Minnie to ask for a condom and then going back is Minnie. Oh, so you think she did it to try and throw the police off by being like, she obviously had a client because she came to me for exactly. a condom. Exactly, she had a client, she came to me for a condom. There was a used condom at the scene, but no one knows that that was used with Lily. It could have been, because Minnie was a sex worker as well, right? Oh, it... yeah, I didn't mention where about the condom was because I don't think it's relevant for the story. I but mean, I guess given this context, you kind of can now. It does, un- unless Minnie was like. Well, I guess if you're dedicated enough to kill somebody, drain her of blood. Why would she have done that? Don't know. I mean, could have been jealousy. Maybe she was doing better with clients. Maybe she was like frustrated because she still had to go out and. Maybe she wanted the phone. Lily was using the phone. Yeah. Like she was obviously making more money than Minnie because Minnie didn't have enough money to have a phone. But maybe they sort of started off in the same place. They're in the same apartment complex. I imagine that they've known each other for a while. Maybe she was just, you know, crime of passion. She was just annoyed. Maybe there was things deeper. Maybe she stole one of her clients. Maybe, I don't know. Interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I feel like just because there's something like a condom at the scene doesn't mean that it's a man. 
you know? Yeah. Because I never trust anything. <laughs> it's it's weird, though, that the blood would have gone missing. I don't know. I can't think of where that would have gone. Well, I was thinking maybe it was... Do you remember in the Chupacabra episode? Yeah. When I mentioned... I was thinking about that, where yeah. it goes to the feet. Well, I meant, yeah, in the Chupacabra episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, first of all, listen to it, and second of all, what happens when you kill an animal... I presume a human is the same. The blood kind of sits, it kind of... It I'm goes not to the lowest point of the body. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're a science and you're listening. <laughs> it kind of um, solidifies, sort of coagulates to the bottom. So maybe that could have happened. And it looks like the, the blood is drained. And I guess if you were in 1932 and you can't... I feel like they still would have done a thorough autopsy though. Do you not? Yeah. Because if they're like, oh, the blood's gone, then like, why would they not also autopsy her feet? You know? It seems weird. Yeah, I'm really not sure. And why the ladle? It is just a, an interesting mystery. I thought it was quite... Quite it interesting. seems weird that the ladle had blood on it, right? Yeah. And the ladle is a blunt object. I guess, but is a ladle enough to kill somebody with? True. Are you thinking the ladle is the weapon? Because I can't imagine if you hit someone on the back of the head with a, a ladle, they're going to die. Unless it's a really heavy ladle. See, this is what I mean. I don't know what kind of ladle it is, because like... Industrial kitchens have got huge, heavy ladles. I'm Googling gravy ladle. Okay, keep going. So I don't know if it's like a household ladle or what. Sorry to the people listening. This probably isn't very interesting at all. I'm just talking about ladles, but it's I I just want to know. It's just like a silver ladle. Just a normal ladle. They just purposed it only for gravy. Yep. You could kill someone with that. I don't... It's like killing someone with a big spoon. It, yeah. Doable. I guess. I mean, you can't rule it out because we weren't there and I don't know what it looks like. <sighs> yeah. I don't... I don't know. There's so many things that you don't know because it wasn't recent. You know, like, you don't know what she how she was found you know because like maybe she was with her back to it and that's how miscellaneous she was laying on her front right i mentioned okay because i'm thinking then like you can do whatever do you know what i mean like in terms of a weapon you can do whatever whereas if she was not if she was on her back then you would kind of have to conceal the weapon. So the weapon could have been, like, outside. The weapon could have been from her ceiling. He could have took a pipe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. A huge, heavy ladle. Maybe it was a, a giant ladle. But still, the blood doesn't make any sense. That's so weird. I thought you'd like this one. It's it's true crime, but it's also really strange. Maybe it was just a vampire. You never know. No, I don't think it was. Why? Because there was no puncture wounds. Syringe? How? But there was no puncture wounds. Well, 
Uh, I think it means more of like an obvious puncture wound. You could a syringe doesn't leave an obvious puncture wound. You can still see it though. Yeah, but like, I don't know exactly. I've done all the research I can, but it was old, so yeah. I don't know exactly how big it means when it says obvious puncture wound. I think it means like there are no teeth marks, you know. Fair. But if you're someone who drinks blood. Surely a syringe would be the best option. It's a bit slow, though, isn't it? For all of her blood. I guess, but who's going to catch them? She's dead. She doesn't live with anybody else. Many of those below, but like... But surely the blood would coagulate after a while because it's not fresh blood anymore. Then who wants it? Why are you taking it out? I don't know. No one wants old blood. I feel like if you're going to drink blood, you want fresh blood. Yeah. So... Did he syringe it out and then put it into the ladle? For what? I don't know. Maybe... I don't understand the relevance of the ladle. Well, it was the only thing that had blood on it. No, I mean, like, in whatever the person did. What are they doing with the ladle? It's annoying, isn't it? Tell me the answers. Maybe... Right. The weapon was, let's say, police baton, for an example, right? And they put the ladle over the end of the baton so that they could effectively smash her head in, right? Because if it's someone like a policeman, I would think if they found out that I was the customer, they're going to check. So if you've got blood on the baton, they're going to be like, well, it's you. Do you know what I mean? Kind of almost like a protective covering for it. Because it would cover the whole end. I guess. It just feels like, surely if you were a policeman, you could just... And in 1932, maybe you could just say, I beat someone with it. Would they really... I don't know how effective their blood testing was, though. I don't know if they knew that there were different types of blood you know it could have been the same blood type they didn't have an alibi as to where they were that night you know they found out that you were a client eventually maybe like you don't know yeah it's really complex i just don't know wow i don't know what the answer is very interesting yeah because i'm led to believe that it's just someone who killed her just a dude who likes to kill people Uh you know maybe he just enjoys it and maybe he's just a clean person, he's smart, or he's just a bit of a neat freak and he just enjoys, you know, it to be tidy. There are some theories that he's the one who folded her clothes, but I don't know. I was thinking that. Or maybe um, it was someone and they drugged her and then they took the blood out to get rid of the drug. You know what I mean? Like afterwards, when she was dead, because they didn't want it there as like evidence. Why would they have drugged her? So that, or maybe they drugged her so that they could slowly take out her blood while it was still fresh. This is getting more and more elaborate. Perhaps it's really. I just don't understand what you do with blood. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Why is the blood? You would want fresh blood, surely. You wouldn't want to be taking it out over the course of a day. And I'm imagining if there was no huge wound on her, then it would have to be done with a syringe. So if you're going to take blood out with a syringe, it's going to take a fair while because there's quite a lot of blood in the human body. And why was the ladle there? So maybe you would want fresh blood. Maybe. This is what I'm thinking. She was drugged, 
right? They took her blood out with a syringe while it was still fresh. She died because she had no more blood in her. And then they smacked her around the head. So it looked like it was just blunt force trauma. All right. There you go. Okay. Now you've had it. What's interesting is that the evidence is still around. It's in the Swedish Police Museum. You can go see it. They cannot test it because it's so degraded and contaminated. And also, they would need a living descendant to compare the DNA to, to figure out who it was. And because they had no leads, it's pointless. There's nothing they can do with it. But you can see it. That's not true, because what about things like ancestry? What about it? Well, you've got to give some of your bodily fluid. I think it's saliva or something. I don't think this case is big enough for them to bother. Or like 23 and me, you know. Oh, it's big enough through. to be in a museum. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think what would be interesting... So, on our Patreon recently, we talked about um, a case that was helped solve with this thing called snapshot DNA, where you give them the DNA and then it kind of paints a picture of what they would look like. I think it'd be interesting to see that. I know they wouldn't be able to do anything with it, but it would be kind of cool to see like this person that lived then and who committed this crime. Feels like a bit of a waste of time, though. Probably, but if I could do it, I would. <laughs> True. Fair enough. You got anything else to say before we do the scale? No. I just really enjoyed it. It's very interesting and I don't have a clue. I thought you might like it. All right, how scary? I get three and a half. I think it's pretty scary that she wasn't found for days and as well if she was missing for four days, but her body was only dead for two to three. What happened? Interesting. In that day, like what happened? How long was she alive for? Was she like held hostage for a bit? Did he then decide to kill her? Maybe that's why she didn't see a weapon on him. That's true. Maybe he slowly took the blood out. Right. And because he it. drugged her. That's all I'm saying. Or he could have just restrained her, I guess, and took the blood out. I feel like they would have seen the... I was thinking about her being restrained and then I was like, no, they probably would have seen like rope marks or, or whatever. But then what... Sorry to go back to this, but what would be the point of taking your blood out if it's got drugs in it because then you're drinking drug blood and then you're drugged surely because it would make sense if she was restrained and they wanted the blood to like tie her there take the blood yeah, but out she wasn't restrained i know that's the but point. that's what i'm trying to say it would make it would make sense because then mm. he could put it into the ladle and drink it maybe but, he like, didn't want to drink it why was it in the ladle then what did he do with it he just wanted to take the blood out for fun I really can't think of the, the, the use of the ladle. Maybe he heated the ladle to evaporate the substance. For what? What's the point of even taking it out at that point? I don't know. Maybe he like purified it. Maybe it was for a ritual. I, I just don't know. Yeah, very confusing. Okay, how dangerous. I guess five, somebody's dead. But equally, somebody's dead in 1930. Well, yeah, but well, it's dangerous for her, isn't it? But okay, how dangerous is the Atlas Vampire as a killer? Four. In twenty twenty, zero, because you can't leave that much bodily fluid and then leave and expect no one to find I know, you. Yeah. Also, he would have to be like ninety. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna do likelihood because I mean it happened. Okay, your ideas are police. Police, yeah. Mini. Doctor. I guess vampire. I don't know if I believe that one because it doesn't really feel... I don't know how to put this. I don't mean this offensively or, or anything, but you, if if it's a sex worker, you don't know how safe they've been so they could have anything in their system. I feel like if you were going to drink blood, you would kind of want to test whose blood you were drinking anyway. But were they doing that in 1932? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, if you were going to drink blood, would you drink a sex worker's blood? I guess if you didn't know much more about it. True. I don't know. I just... I don't know. She was obviously using protection. Yeah, with him. True. That's what I mean. Like, they, they wouldn't have known that she was using protection with other people or what. Maybe he asked her on the phone. I don't really know how much information there was about STDs and everything then either because she might have just been using protection so she didn't get pregnant. Yeah, I'm not really sure about the overall history of STDs and the knowledge of that in Sweden in 1932. Yeah. Maybe I should have looked that up though. Apologies. Unacceptable. I didn't think about it. My thought was policeman or random dude or vampire. Fair enough. I mean, it could have been a random dude as well, yeah. Write that, because, I mean, it could have been. It could have been, yeah. It could have just been someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like something that would have been a crime of passion, though. It it feels a lot, like, premeditated, precalculated. Definitely, but it it could have been someone that was just passing through. Was like, oh, I would quite like to kill somebody. I'll do it here because no one's going to know it was me. And then left. Yeah. I think for sure, though, that it was longer than that day that the person was in there. I think probably what happened is that it was kind of, like, torturous. And then when Minnie came and knocked at the door, if it wasn't Minnie herself, I don't trust that bitch. When she came and knocked at the door, maybe he was like, oh, shit, killed her, and then left. Maybe. I think what's interesting, though, is that there was no reports of any strange noises and Minnie lived right below her. So if she was being tortured, surely there would be some kind of struggle or... Really, though? Because if you put a clothing item in someone's mouth, right, like a sock in someone's mouth, and then they started making pain noises, I feel like there wouldn't be too much of a difference between that and sex noises and she was a sex worker. Fair enough. It It is hard yeah okay well there's an unconclusive story for you oh it's horrible you can think about that while you're going to sleep at night well hopefully none of these people are because they are not listening before bed debatable (laughs) anything else no that's it wow that's all of it horrible thank you didn't find anything out about it i just thought it was quite interesting to talk about because it was so unusual yeah. And bizarre. And, like, you can still go and see, like, the hair and stuff, but they don't know whose hair it is. They just have it. You know what else is interesting to talk about? Oh, what? Our Patreon. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, we have changed everything around. Surprise. I know that I mentioned this in the past couple episodes, but if you haven't listened to them, which you should have, go and listen to them right now, then we have gotten rid of all of the tier systems. So if you are able to support us on Patreon, please, 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 please do. Don't beg, Kate. It is the best way to show your support for us. We don't make money from this. We're not big enough for consistent ads. Blah, blah, blah. We put hours of work in, uh, production. Abby does all of the art. We do all of the research. So we would like to make this our job at some point. We can only do that if you guys support us in whichever way you want. Uh, you can pick as much or as little as you want. So it can be less than buying a coffee a month or your Spotify subscription. So, And as a reward for being a Patreon, you can get things like extra stories, behind the scenes footage, extra episodes. So it's kind of like a secret social media. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash myths, magic and murder. Well, myths, magic, murder. Sorry. And if you don't have any cash, but you're still like, hey, these people are kind of cool, then please follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Myths Magic Pod. And as well as that, if you've got any haunted happenings, terrifying tales or spooky stories, you can email us at MythsMagicAndMurder at gmail.com. Awesome awesome. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I quit the show. Never mind. Don't bother supporting us because I quit. So I am going to tell you all about the Texas killing fields. My sources are Wikipedia, Daily Mail, Bustle.com, CBSNews.com, FBI.gov, Galvnews.com, and Houston Chronicle. No .com for that one. Well, it, it, it's the newspaper. .org. So. I don't know what it was. (laughs) All right, so this week I'm doing a listener request and I'll be telling you about the 25-acre patch of land in Texas known as the Texas Killing Fields. As the name suggests, it is an enormous patch of land and has been the site of discovery of 30 murdered bodies. Jesus Christ! In case you didn't guess from this, my section of the podcast this week is going to be a bit more serious than last week. (laughs) Oh, last week we did the those ghosts, didn't we? I was trying to think. Last week was a mess. <laughs> really fun, honestly. It was. I had a really good time last week. I mean, I'll have fun this week as well, but... I'm having a terrible time right now. This sucks. Okay, so... The first body was discovered on July the 2nd, 1971, just a day after the murder took place. The victim was Brenda Jones, a 14-year-old girl who'd been taken while she was on her way to her aunt's house. From here, bodies were found on November 17th, 23rd, 26th, in 1971... January 3rd, 1972, February 25th, January 5th, 1973, March 25th, 79, April 3rd, 81, July 1st, 82, April 4th, 84, February 2nd and 3rd, 86, September 8th, 91, February 3rd, 1996, March 5th, 96, April 20th, 97, July 27th, 2002, November 3rd, 2006, and March 18th, 2016. Wow. First of all, that's a lot. And second of all, so that's like the span of the the crime? Yeah, from 71 to 2016. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me more. I'm gonna. Please. No, that's it. Surprise. <sighs> Don't leave it, Kate. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you all of the victims' names and ages in the order they were found. And then... You know, I'll, I'll kind of go from there. So you'll stop listing things. <laughs> please stick with me. Yeah, I will stop listing things. Once I I've see done you this. pressing that 10 second button, Spotify. <laughs> do not do it. So, Brenda Jones was the first. Shortly afterwards, Debbie Ackerman, who was 15. 
Maria Johnson was found on the same day as Debbie and was also 15. A few days later, Gloria Gonzalez was found and she was a 19-year-old. Then, another few days later, Colette Wilson was found, who was 13. At the beginning of the next year, Rhonda Johnson, a 14-year-old girl, was found. On the same day, Sharon Shaw, who was 13, was found nearby. Nearly two months later, 12-year-old Alison Craven was found. Then nothing was seen for almost a whole year, but Kimberly Pitch- Pitchford, a 16-year-old girl, was found. The next victim was Suzanne Bowers, who was 12. The victim after this was 12 as well. Her name was Brooks Bracewell. On the same day Brooks was found, a 14-year-old Georgia Gear was also found nearby. A few months later, Michelle Garvey was found, who was 15. Then the next two victims are slightly different. Heidi Fye was 23 when she was murdered, and Audrey Cook was 30. They were found a few years apart. Just a day after Audrey was found, Laura Miller, a 16-year-old girl, was discovered. Nobody was then placed here for another five and a half years, but unfortunately after this point, Donna Prudholm's body was found, or Prudholm. She was 34 years old. The next body was that of Lynette Bibbs, a 14-year-old girl. On the same day as Lynette, the police also found Tamara Fisher, a 15-year-old. One month later, Crystal Baker, a 13-year-old, was found in the killing fields. Then in 97, Laura Smither, or Smither, was found. She was 12. She was the last victim from that century. But as you know, they didn't stop there. 2002, Sarah Trusty, a 23-year-old, was found murdered. 2006, Teresa Vanagas, a 16-year-old, was found. And then finally in 2016, Jessica Kane's body was found, who was a 17-year-old. So young women. Yes. And apart girls. From, yeah, all apart from three of them were under 20. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. Some of the bodies were found just one day after their murder had occurred, but unfortunately Jessica, who was the last body found, had to wait nearly 19 years for her remains to be found. No way. Yeah. 19 years. Is that the 2016? Yeah. Which is just crazy because they were still finding bodies. Yeah. In I that guess nineteen years. It big was big land, maybe? Well it's twenty five acres. Which is quite a lot. Yeah, I don't know how much that is off the top of my head, but I know it's probably a lot. Big. <laughs> so. Is it what's the terrain like? It's it changes. So it's between Galveston and Houston. Um and it's the land by the I-45, I believe, which is like a huge interstate. So as far as I know, very rural. You can't really, there's nothing to do there. It's just kind of like fields. But is it like tall grass, corn, you know? No, it's just just, just a field. Just kind of desolate, I think. Oh, okay. So, I mean, obviously Texas is pretty hot, so I don't think it's particularly fruitful. That's crazy. That poor girl. I mean, obviously all of them, but to be there for 19 years and nobody know. Yeah. So all but one of the girls resided in Texas, mainly near Galveston, which is the nearest city. And many of them had similarities such as age, physical features and hairstyles. This led the police to believe that these killings have been the work of multiple serial killers. Obviously, for all of the murders, there were suspects, one of whom was Edward Harold Bell. Back in 2011, Edward was in prison for killing a former Marine back in 78. 
Then it comes out that he sent letters to prosecutors in Texas in 98, confessing to the murders of 11 young young girls in Texas. For some reason, the letters had stayed secret until 2011, where parts of the letters were leaked. In the letters, Edward says he was brainwashed by his father to flash, rape and kill girls. He claims he killed Debbie Ackerman, Maria Johnson, Sharon Shaw, Rhonda Johnson, Georgia Gear, Brooks Bracewell, Colette Wilson, Kimberly Pitchford, Gloria Gonzalez and two others that weren't found in the killing fields, but all of those nine were. Edward had been a suspect for years when the bodies were found, but police never had enough evidence on him. He was a suspect because he would just go around flashing young girls. Okay, understandable as to why he would be a suspect then. Yeah, and he was in prison because he killed a Marine, but the reason that he killed a Marine is because the Marine stopped him from flashing girls, so he shot him a bunch. Oh, okay, yikes, okay. So not the most stable and not the most child-friendly. No, not the nicest of guys. Yeah. The court was filing for him to be given the death penalty. However, last year he died in prison. So I guess we'll never know how many people he killed. That's annoying. Yeah. Another suspect for some of the murders is William Lewis Reese. He was charged with the murders of Tiffany Johnson, Jessica Kane, and Laura Smither. As well as this, he's suspected of murdering Kelly Cox, but he wasn't charged. He was only charged with the three before. He was in prison for kidnapping while he was being charged back in 2017 and he managed to lead the police to Jessica's and Kelly's remains despite the fact that he pleaded not guilty. Okay, so he obviously did that then. Yeah. (laughs) He later said that he did kill her but it was an accident. He'd picked her up in his car as she was hitchhiking but she started freaking out and he was drunk so she was like hitting him away and then he choked her to get to stop and then she stopped hitting him because he had killed her. Right, but why are they all in this one big field? Or are you getting to that? What do you mean? Why are they all happening in the same place? Because what are the it, odds? because you can get away with it. Because it's huge. Because but it's right. Are they all walking through that field? No, they're being put there. They weren't all picked up there. None of them were picked up in the field. They were just Ah. dumped in the field. For some reason in my brain, I was like, what were they all doing in the field? No. Oh, I guess it would make as a place to hide the bodies. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. The field isn't killing them out. (laughs) I thought it was like, in my head, it's like a crazy corn maze and they're all getting lost. No. I tried to explain to you that this was not a corn maze. I can't stop thinking about the corn maze. But then I was like, why are they all walking through this 25 acre They're piece not. of They're Yeah, well, now I know, don't no. I? No, some of them were like hitchhiking. Some of them were last seen like going out with their friends, like wandering around, you know, just being kids. Um, but they were just, you know, picked up, murdered, and then dumped there. Right, okay. Yeah. So it's just a... An ideal place for yeah, because you can get to... away with it because the area is so vast that they might not find it until the the remains have been destroyed. Essentially, until right. the the evidence has been destroyed, it's right off of the I forty five, so you can just easily drive there, easily drive off. No one's gonna remember seeing you at like night on a country road. Do you know what I mean? So. Fair. That makes a lot more sense. 
Absolutely crazy ab. So, yeah, he choked her to death, said it was an accident. So, you know, I don't see how you can choke someone to death accidentally. I also don't know why you would be drunk driving, but that's just an issue that I have with this man. There was also a suspect called Robert Abel. He was a retired NASA engineer who was part of the team to get the Saturn rocket to the moon. Oh, okay. He leased a horse stable opposite the killing field. And two of his former wives told police that he wasn't as nice as he seemed. So the second wife, the second of the former ex-wives, recalled a time that she didn't want to have sex with him, which sent him into a rage. Then he said, if you don't have sex with me, I'll kill you. Oh no. Yeah. And one of his former ex-wives said that he used to beat his horses with a pipe. So... Real not piece a very of nice shit. Guy. <laughs> I was trying to not be so crude on the show, but yeah. Real I can't not shit. if yeah, if you're abusing animals, I mean like obviously murder is the worst. But to abuse animals as well. What just stop and his wife. Yeah. Real piece of work. So he was interviewed um because there was no concrete evidence against him. There was no evidence against him, really. It was just kind of that he happened to fit the profile and people didn't like him. You know, they said horrible stuff that he'd done. So he was interviewed and the interviewer said it seemed impossible that he could do anything they were saying he was doing. You know, he seemed like a really nice guy. But as the interview went on and he was asked, like, basically, did you do it? Robert was like, I had this bad rotator cuff injury, so I couldn't have shot a girl, put her in my car, taken her to my land, and taken her body out. Very specific thing to say. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't know about you, but it does just seem like one detail too far. Yeah. Like, he's put thought into how he can make an airtight alibi of how he didn't do that. Yeah, when you do think about that, it makes you look way worse rather than just being like, no, I couldn't, I had an injury. Well, it's a thing with lying, isn't it? You either give way too little information or you give way too much information. Yeah, I think about this a lot because um, I have anxiety and one thing that I do quite a lot is I'm telling the truth, but it sounds like a lie. So I'll go on and on about it. <laughs> but like, and then it makes it look like I'm lying, even though I'm not yeah, lying. Yeah, I'm like, Abby, did you take that biscuit? And you're like, how could I possibly have taken that biscuit? That biscuit wasn't there when I got here. I don't know who took that biscuit. When I came downstairs, I breathed. I went over to the fridge. I took a glass of oat milk. Yeah. <laughs> and it, then I'm everyone's like, just like, so well, you, you did took it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it it just seems a bit sketchy. It's too oddly specific. You could just say, no, I was injured. You didn't have to be like, no, I couldn't possibly have killed that girl and then done this and then do this. and Yeah, then. just being like, you know, I have this injury. How could I have even lifted the girl up? Yes, exactly. That would be what I would have said if I was injured and also innocent. But anyway, police had nothing to link him to. So nothing has come of that. Arrest him anyway. He's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't sound too friendly. But he was made a social pariah for years. The town was basically just like, well, it was you. 
and then no one spoke to him. Like, everyone was horrible to him. People stalked him. People, you know, so... Fair enough, If it wasn't him, it's a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah, but... It's what you get for beating a horse and also threatening your wife. Yeah. The final suspect that I'm aware of was Kevin Edison Smith. He was a suspect in Crystal Jean Baker's murder. So back in 2009, 13 years after her body was found, Kevin was arrested on a drugs charge. And then by some act of fate, at the same time, even though Crystal's was a cold case, a detective tested her dress for DNA. It was a match. Okay. So from here he obviously went to trial, and it took the jury a whole 30 minutes to decide he was guilty. Fair enough. So now he's serving life in prison. Now you might be wondering how it's possible for so many people to get away with murdering and dumping bodies here. Well, it's actually really close to the I-45, like I said. Big interstate. However, although you can see it, and you can see refineries in the distance, apparently if you yelled, no one would be able to hear you, because it's too far away. That's horrific. Why has no one built something there? And if you ran, it's in quite a desolate area, so there's nowhere really to run, because it's so big. And also, probably the way that you got there was by a car. All of these people are young. They're not going to be able to outrun someone, you know? And if someone is in a car... Sorry about the motorbike in the background. It's just me leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Abby's leaving to go build something in the Texas Killing Fields. Sorry, we we record in a bedroom. Yeah, I'm I'm off to put a road in and a tram. I'm uh, off to put a cafe in with a police phone box. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Like, the perfect killing field, essentially. Which is not good. I hate that. I can't believe someone's not put anything there. Over all these years, no one's been like, I think I'll put a thing there. I think I'll build something. Well, I guess you don't really want to build anything there because it's not... There's nothing else there. No one's going to come and visit you. You know what I mean? It's obviously a very empty place because people can get away with dumping bodies there i'm gonna move there and invest in some really great binoculars i'm not moving with you you can move on your own all right i've got to be the hero that (laughs) is deserved the hero that all of these girls deserved so also apparently the police were less than useful with crystal's case in particular crystal's mother went to the police as soon as she realized crystal was missing Crystal had left her grandmother's house in an argument and gone to a store and then rang her mum while she was there and was basically like, this is what's going on. At which point her mum was like, you need to go back to grandma's and stay there. And then she vanished. Wow. Yeah. So then her mother went and told the police when she realised that she wasn't there. And they just kept telling her she was a runaway and then she wasn't giving her any help to search for Crystal. Because apparently back in the day... Um, especially teenagers, if they thought a kid was a runaway, they would just put it in the system as a runaway and then just be like, well, runaway, aren't you? That's so annoying. Yeah. So it's really frustrating as well, actually, because they didn't find Crystal's body for about two weeks, except she was found on that day, murdered, because it was in a different state to the police that she'd gone to. 
You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the different police forces didn't talk at all. So she was a Jane Doe for two weeks. So all of that time that mum was out there looking for her, she'd already been found dead. They just couldn't say it was her. That's so sad. Yeah. Apparently this mindset from the police was mirrored in a few of the other killing fields of cases. However, Laura Smyther went missing just a short while after Crystal, and she lived in Friendswood, which was once voted one of the safest places in America. It was a relatively upper-class suburban area, and the police immediately looked for her. Of course, volunteers were gathered, a televised plea for help from her parents was aired, and the military took part in searching for her. The military? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I can only imagine how frustrating it must have been, really. But what was quite um, nice, in a way, I guess, is that the parents of the victims that had come before would often help search for the victims again, because it was all happening in one area. That's wholesome. That they would just, you know, come and help, I guess. Yeah. Which is really lovely. There are also four missing persons believed to have something to do with the killers of the killing fields. These are Sandra Ramba, who's 14, Shelley Sykes, 19, Suzanne Richardson, 22, and Tot Harriman, 57. They disappeared in 1983, 86, 88, and 2001, respectively. There's still no breakthrough to any of these cases. And since, you know, one of the big suspects from the one that I mentioned earlier has died, it's possible that we'll never know because it could have been him. This is so frustrating. This always makes me want to become a detective. I know. The Maybe killing... I'll go back to uni. <laughs> yeah. The Killing Fields is obviously a huge topic. Um, and it's why a film was made in 2011 called Texas Killing Fields. It's got the main guy from Avatar and Danny Duquette, Danny Duquette from Grey's Anatomy. Okay, also known as Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who was also in Supernatural and The Walking Dead. Yeah. Or he's a minor character in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's, he's not a minor character, shut up. Anyway. Yeah, they're both in it. And... The Avatar guy, I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name. He was like, I wanted to work on this because I thought that if someone knew anything, you know, if they happened to see the film and they were like, oh, I remember seeing something weird, you know, it might give some leads, it might help because it's more mainstream, you know, because people outside of Texas, I feel like, didn't know about this. I had no clue that this was a thing. No, me either. So... I don't know how the, well the film did, obviously, because I've never seen it. Not too well. I've never seen any film. But <laughs> but I didn't watch it. I just I saw reviews while I was making the promo material for this episode. Fair. Apparently it's only loosely based, but I suppose if this has interested you, you can always go watch that. There's also a documentary I used for some of the information in this podcast. It's called 48 Hours Mystery by CBS. That's like a whole series that they do. It's the episode is just called The Killing Fields. But yeah, that's it, really. There's nothing conclusive on it. It's very frustrating. There have been things like phone calls and uh, notes and stuff sent to parents, but there's no telling if it's true or not. Nothing came of any of it. Well, this has been a very frustrating episode. Yeah. I have nothing to say. That sucks. Yeah, we should does. build something in the killing fields and make them not that. 
Do you think it was a series of serial killers? Because obviously there's one guy that confessed to 11 of them, but there were 30. Well, that's what I thought it was at first, obviously, before I said it, which is why I was so shocked when I said over that many years, because I thought this was an area where people got killed by one person. But obviously I didn't know about it. Yeah, like Camden is Jack the Ripper's territory, or was. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of where he killed people. Yeah. Over so many years and was never caught, but... Well, the trouble is that the MOs are slightly different between people. So with some of them, it was um, strangulation. And with some of them, it was like there was more physical bodily harm done. I think... Sorry. Sorry. And like with some of them, there was sexual assault and stuff. So it, it does seem quite different between the murders that it would be just one person. I think what's likely is that that guy killed all those people and then the next person who wanted to kill people and was like, how do I get away with this? Remembered that that was where they were and he got away with it for so long that he was just like, I'm going to do the same thing. And that just kept happening. Yeah. Because if you know that this is going to be a decent place to, to pull off something like that, you could easily do it. True. Seems weird though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like serial killers aren't going to be flocking there for the day. It might not be serial killers. It might just be one person every time. You know, someone might just be like, "Oh, I would like but to kill." But why would somebody. the mos be repeated? Do you know what I mean? Unless they were copycatting each other. I do not know. Kate, do you have any ideas? Um, I think there probably were like three serial killers. I think maybe it was a Moore's murder type situation. You know, there was more than one person and they took whoever. Because in some cases, some people were taken two at a time. So how could how could one man, even though he is older than the two girls... How would one man take two girls in the first place without one of them getting away? And also to murder them because one would run, surely. And I know that they're not going to be able to run anywhere, but like they were found nearby when the bodies were discovered. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it was one person at first and then kind of like what I said earlier, the next person was like, how about I copy that and make it look like this is one big thing and then if I get caught I'll just take credit for all of it or whatever yeah but that's why I'm saying it couldn't have been one person because how would they have been able to logistically kill two people I don't know maybe it was two people then. maybe it was a group of people yeah I reckoned it was probably two people and then one of those people stopped and one of them carried it on and got someone to help them and then they stopped and they carried it on do you know what I mean yeah that's likely but it's absolutely crazy because the police did like a thing to see how many um, pedophiles, I guess, or people that are just on the register there were in that area and there was 2,100 of them. Oh my God. So it didn't really narrow down the list. That's crazy. Yeah. It is mind-blowing, really. Yeah. But... Yeah, sorry about that. That was 
not a very nice one, but no, let's just wrap this up. Yeah, that'll that'll be it for this week. I'm sorry that it wasn't as fun as last week. Hope you've learnt things, and don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>